The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hello, and welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm very excited to have every one of you all back. But let me tell you, we got a special guest on today. He is the co-owner of Arctis Capital, Johnny Nelson. Johnny, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing really good. Thank you for uh, inviting me on, allowing me to be on, and being able to share my story. And uh, it's you know, it's, it's one of those things where you know, it's uh, as a newer investor, uh, being on podcasts and it's kind of part of the the game with growing up and and doing the real estate game as well. And both of those things kind of, uh, you kind of grow up, grow up together with them. And also telling your story is something that's really important, you know, whether it's networking or working with investors or even within your own peer group, uh, all those things uh, are uh, really very important. So I appreciate that chance to, you know, to be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, the pleasure's all ours. I love, I love your story that I know we were talking a little bit about it before uh, we hit record and I'm excited for you to share today. For those that are maybe are you know seeing your name in the uh, in the downloaded episode or hearing your voice for the first time, would love to get your origin story, you know where you're from, how you got into real estate, and kind of where you're at now in your real estate career. Fantastic. Well, thanks for again for letting me share that. So I was born in Idaho. We'll go way back. No, <laughs> we'll skip all that. Basically, my family moved to Alaska when I was a teen, and in Alaska we did a lot of things, but probably the main thing we did was build houses in small communities. As a lot of small communities are, you do what it takes to make a living. So we grew up uh, building houses and more or less I became a contractor, a builder contractor with my family, but a family business. And then uh, moved to, uh, I moved to North Dakota, uh, got a engineering degree. And the last 10 years or so, I've been an engineer. But kind of during that time, in the last handful of years, it kind of always intrigued me the idea of still being in real estate, still being in the building space. And uh, a colleague mentioned uh, this idea of house hacking. And I'm like, what's house hacking? That was actually back, uh, sorry, that was actually in 2018. And I didn't even know what, what it was. I mean, I knew how to build houses, but I didn't remember put that together with the idea of like investing or what even investing was, real estate investing. And they said, well, I have a duplex. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of intriguing. Like, what's, what's that? You know, and, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about that. And then I didn't, I hadn't discovered bigger pockets and so many other, so many of the other podcasts out there. And after discovering that, listening to those, reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, I kind of landed on my feet and decided I was going to also become a real estate investor uh, along with my engineering career. I love that. You know, I, I say it so often on the show, but I, I love how everyone brings a bunch of different dynamics and background to their real estate career. It, it, it just goes to show that, you know, you did come from a construction background, but we have so many others that they don't. It, they don't have any real estate experience, but they come into this world. They, they read the little purple book right? The, the rich dad, poor dad, they find bigger pockets. They, there's somebody that helps guide them to that. And, you know, we all find our way here somehow, some way. And it, you just draw off of those experiences that you've had before into real estate to, to be successful. So I, I love your origin story and what you're able to kind of grow up in. And, and listen, I don't know the difference between a hammer and a nail. So I, I'm jealous of what you're able to do and, <laughs> and, and what you can do. So 
But Johnny, I know you you had a really cool story you want to share with us today and wanted to open it up for you to kind of share your experience and learns through the process that you've gone through. Yes. Yeah. So we're skipping. We'll we'll just briefly summarize the kind of the 2018 till, you know, maybe six months ago or so house, a handful of flips, a handful of duplexes sold off the single family flips. And then we really pivoted hard. It's kind of September, 2020. Uh, and committed to going into the multifamily space. My wife and I, we both joined a kind of a mastermind, a, a group. And that was uh, just, I uh, just shout out to Jake and Gino, you know, the Wheelbarrow Profits group. It's a fantastic group. Of course, they're not paying me to say that. I just, I, I love the group, love the community. So that's a network. That's a, you know, it's mentoring, it's all those things. And clearly, you know, the, I don't want to get too, you know, we don't want to get too, too cliched here, but, you know, that your network is your, that can be your net worth. And all those things are, you know, more or less true. If I hadn't joined, we hadn't joined that group, you know, we wouldn't be, you know, close to taking down a 40 unit, which is kind of a story that will be the, the focus of our discussion for this this podcast. And that story um, started with a direct to owner reach out, you know, texting, calling campaign earlier in the spring of 2021. We had a lot of contacts. I was reaching out to everyone that was a hit. And I came across this one particular owner, and he was very cordial and invited me to come out that evening. I was kind of surprised. Like, oh, you know, it was like, oh, it's a new build. I'm like, that's, that's curious. Well, our, our kind of whole network and, and most of the folks that we are associated with in our group work in the B and the C class space. And that is kind of the uh, fix and uh, the value add model. Uh, that's probably a term that people, you know, distress asset or value add, you know, but basically saying the same thing. But this unit, this particular builder had a brand new unit and a brand new apartment complex under construction. And I, I, before I got the price and some other things, I thought there's no way, you know, I, what the heck, I'll go out and see him. He, he's living right there in an older fourplex right at the building site. You know, he basically bought two, two properties there, two or two plots. And so when I saw it, the building looked fantastic. I was like, this is not, this is, no one even talks about being able to buy a brand new unit. And, but like, why not? I'll just go out and check it out anyway. So got out there, had a good kind of rapport built up, you know, through the, through the conversa- phone conversation and, and uh, the meeting. And kind of, we ran the numbers or looked at the price that he, he was suggesting. And at that point, it was like, actually, I don't. I think I made a mistake in the underwriting. Basically, is what I thought. I don't think this is actually accurate. These numbers look better than the C class that I had been looking out diligently, like dozens and dozens of C class. I had been looking at fairly faithfully for months, and the numbers look better on this brand new, as of yet unfinished building. So that was a surprise. That was certainly. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, look, looking at at you know all underwriting all the deals and looking at all these properties. And then you you come across this one. I would have to imagine, you know, once you saw it, that's a little bit of a shock that you know it, it had a lot of work to do, but it it, it was going to be better off than everything else you'd seen previously. Completely, yeah, completely, you know, gobsmacked. Like this, this doesn't make sense. This this is not this is not how this works. There's, no one told me. No one has told me or said this is a thing that can be done. And who am I? I'm you know a single family you know duplex guy investor. And with this this brand new forty unit, you know, this is not how this goes. So absolutely surprised there. So, but yeah, I just want to just continue on the story there. So, you know, the challenge I guess is, you know, probably the nut of that is the initial expectation of how a new build can go, 
and the promise of when it would be wrapped up and kind of how the whole business case wrap, you know, rested on all those things more or less coming true and being, you know, accurate. That's probably the, that's kind of what, you know, you have to, you know, put numbers down and you have to have a, you know, the business plan and when you can start renting, all those things kind of have to come together. And in Minnesota, so this is in, you know, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, winter clearly is a, as with any Northern climate is a challenge. So, you know, I don't want to wrap up in January and often have a, all the expenses of a 40 unit building and have no one move in there. So, uh, you know, the builder told us, he was like, it will be done in the middle of July. I'm like, okay, like I'm a former contractor, like I said, so I know how buildings go. I know how deadlines slip. So like, well, okay. So even if it was August, like probably he's probably not going to be done August, but like, let's just say mid August, let's give him another month. So it's just that part was, went, and then of course we had the added complexity, which I didn't really mention, was some restrictive covenants actually from the city on the lot when the, this particular builder purchased the lot. So those restrictive covenants uh, are literally what it says. You can't just build anything that you want as with any large city, but then there were some additional um, affordability clauses and some other things, which are fine, but we didn't even... I didn't know about that. It was not. It was not brought forth in the original, you know, disclosure for the purchase agreement, and we found out about found out about that later. There was probably like seven or eight different undiscoveries like that that were unpleasant, and that was yeah. That was that. That itself was a challenge. And then all of a sudden, every week after week, past the middle of July, I was not seeing the building getting completed since I know what a building should look like and kind of the, the approximate rate of progress, I'm like, well, drywall is not down in the first floor. I'm talking about moving people in in mid-August and it's August, you know, the August 1st. So there's clearly a disconnect between what the builder, the builder's pace and uh, the purchasing team, our, our group, where we thought that would end up. Well, so let me, let me ask this for those, the, like, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, Hammer and nail, no difference to me. So, but you you understand that, and you're seeing this kind of stuff. Where did you feel like the disconnect was, or or what was causing that disconnect? Because, you know, I guess we're so used to in, in multifamily. If you you buy a piece of property, you're going to go in. You may do some some light demos, some upgrades to the unit, force appreciate it through some different things. It it's not oftentimes a complete rebuild. So we don't go through all of this. Where, where did you feel like the, the biggest disconnect was from what you were hearing and what you were seeing or, or maybe what was causing that? Yeah, those are, that's a great, great question, Cody. The, the due diligence part. And I know that that phrase is, you know, it, it sounds numbing when it hits the uh, real estate, whether you're experienced or, or not experienced, your ear kind of like numbing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I need to be careful. There's something else where I mean, we discovered so many things along the way. This was his first larger build. He'd been in the construction industry for a long time, but he never had done a new build of this size, you know, him basically being the GC on it. So that was a surprising discovery. And certain parts of the build he was pretty good at, the framing and some of the drywall. He really, really stumbled with the the finish some of the finish work he just did not have the organization and that's just kind of the risk the inherent risk and any contractor especially a contractor that's doing it for the first time and maybe he himself doesn't know his own weaknesses or his own i guess proclivities and how that might work out he's used to 
you know, C-class assets. He doesn't really know necessarily how to take, you know, building to that final polished stage or state. And some things, you know, you can always have more conversations, especially when you're, you're getting you know, in bed with someone that deep. And maybe looking at their other, so like the, what would be the, the due diligence in this case, that would be talking to, you know, a few more people. And really not, not so much that you wouldn't do the deal, but knowing you want to get the expectations and the realization of what's going on, you want to have that flushed out, you know, ongoing, you want to keep that ongoing information, you know, so you're constantly updating your own mind where you think the builder's experience is and where the process is and where the, the architectural group is. Well, kind of keep updating that and, and uh, pushing for discuss, constantly discovering all the, the many layers of the onion there. That was a pretty long answer, Cody, but that, does that help a little clarity? Shed a little clarity on that? No, I, no, I, I think so. And I, I think we've heard some others say, you know, the importance of the due diligence period can really make or break a deal. And, and I know in your experience, it's, it's maybe not going to break the deal, but, it, you know, it's prolonged a lot of what's going on. And I think those things are important, especially for our audience that are listening at home, whether car or wherever. It's you can never be too careful, and and there's always this trust but verify mentality on. Okay, well, this person does, in your instance, have good construction background. They they check a lot of the boxes that we need them to do, but we didn't check all the boxes on. Hey, is this is this the size project they're used to doing? Which is a very valuable question to to have answered because if it's not it it may not have swayed your opinion on this is the right person to do the job but it may have put in some other checks and balances along the process to make sure they're going to meet the things in place that that you need met so i think it it just goes back to that that due diligence period and this also brings the the idea of what i talk about in the beginning when everyone does their origin story a lot of times we may not have a lot of experience in real estate, but we we have gut experience from, from life experience. And sometimes, maybe not in this case, but not all cases, we we don't listen to that gut. And it's like, hey, there's this nagging thing that's out there. And, and oftentimes it's better to explore that than hold it in because more times than not, you're probably right just based on your life experience with things. Again, I don't know how to manage a construction process or crew, but at the end of the day, I know, you know, how certain things need to be going, or if we've set timelines, then, hey, there's some questions that need to be raised and expectations need to be set and alignment of those expectations. So, Johnny, I, I think you're you're spot on with, with what you were talking about and knowing for our audience how important it is to get those things lined up in the first place will save you time and money and effort right. on the back end. Well, I'll add just a little bit of color to that there, Cody. I know as a newer investor, um, you know, without having the background in construction, I would be more confused and scared. But just to the to the newer folks out there, it may seem like we're all saying you can never do enough due diligence. And then you have then you basically try to freeze everyone in analysis paralysis. However, it's really kind of the the updating, the constantly updating idea that you can take a step forward but don't let off your vigilance of, of continual discovery. That's kind of the point that I like to, like a side point I'd like to make because I don't want to discourage people from taking, you know, being have a bias toward action or taking taking that first step, first couple of steps. Because, you know, uh, listening in the wrong context, people are like, well, all the experienced people say you can never be too sure. Like, well, then you're never going to get into real estate. So it's taking action. 
but also that constantly updating, constantly seeking in information and don't try not to be surprised in a couple months or whatever the time frame is about some kind of emerging realization. You know, if we had known that earlier, I think you, you partially, you kind of made that point, Cody. And that was, you know, if we w- would have realized that earlier, we could have done some proactive things and not been quite so stressful working with our property management group and within our own team of thinking we're going to be like leasing up September. And we actually started leasing up just this is a new piece of information we leased up in October. So again, think about the think about the, the discrepancy between those two timelines that I was told in I was told in, in May that we're going to have a mid July completion date, and we started leasing in October, and they're actually still doing stuff because I just got the certificate of occupancy. So quite a delta there, and it's, and it's it's even more impactful in the you know considering again the northern climate winter you have to have weather related factors come in. Uh, though that's something else that really is add a lot of stress. But you know, knowing that up front, you could just simply you, you might you could just simply accept it and say this is I'm gonna this is will, will be the business plan, knowing there's gonna be less than optimal conditions. But if your business plan is you know this X I'm gonna lease up in August, and all of a sudden you're, you work up your numbers in such a way, and then all of a sudden it actually becomes two months later and it's in October. You know, that's that really jacks things up. All right, Johnny, I, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you jumping on. That's probably as good enough spot as ever to wrap up. I, I think what you're saying is incredibly valuable. And, and I would implore those that are listening that you do need to take action, but and, and you don't need to hesitate and don't have that analysis by paralysis, but understand that you know, doing the right due diligence can and will help help you save time and money and learn from what things like Johnny went through with all the different aspects and dealing with builders and asking the right questions to make sure that you're asking the right questions so you don't go through the same. But Johnny, thank you again for joining. For those that maybe want to work with you, spend time with you, invest with you in the future, where's the best place people can find you at? Pretty good on LinkedIn. So that's basically Johnny uh, Nelson, or you can go to arctoscapital.com, shoot me an email at that email address, or uh, go to the to the website. And that works too. So appreciate the time and the opportunity to be on the podcast, Cody, and for sharing uh, a bit of story and a little some challenges. So it's really nice to be able to you know, convey that and have hopefully people can learn and grow from that as well. Well, no, listen, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I do honestly think uh, people will be able to listen to this and take some some good advice home as they continue their real estate career. So thank you. And thank you for those listening at home. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.